This is a podcast by The Straits Times. You're listening to Music Lab, a new podcast series by The Straits Times. Each month, we invite music acts to our podcast studio. Here's your host, Adino Abdul Hadi, ST's music correspondent with his guest for this episode. Hello, I am Adino Abdul Hadi, music correspondent at The Straits Times. Today, we have with us in the ST podcast studio, Singaporean singer, songwriter and producer Shai. Hello, I'm Shai and I'm here today at the ST Podcast doing a song from my latest EP, Nine Lives, and it's called Need. Yeah! At the age of 21, the multi-talented artist has already achieved much in recent times. Since she made her debut in 2018 at the age of 16, she has released four EPs, one album, and multiple singles and music videos. She was the youngest winner of music competition Vans Musicians Wanted, and was also one of the singers behind 2021 National Day song The Road Ahead. On streaming services, her songs rack up millions of plays, Love You, a song from her 2020 album Days to Morning Glory, has over 3 million streams on just Spotify alone. She has done concerts not just in Singapore, but also in the United States and China, where she recently took part in a television reality show. Hi Shai, welcome to our show. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming down. So Shai, I understand that you've got a new EP out. It's yes. called Nine Lives, yes. and I understand that the EP was inspired by your cats. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about that. How many cats do you have? I have three at the moment, hopefully more soon. Hopefully more soon. But yeah, the EP is, because there's that phrase like, cats have nine lives. Yeah. So I took that and I was like, oh, I think everybody goes through very different stages of our lives, which like helps change us and um, helps us become who we are. So I thought that was a very nice concept to work with about how the past five years now of doing music, this EP is kind of like a little tribute to like all the different kind of lives that I've lived throughout the five years. Yeah. Do your cats have any reaction when you play your music to them? Um, they sometimes come into my room when I'm recording, but they're very noisy because they like to, we, I, I now have a box in my room. They like boxes. They like to sleep in the box, but they also like to chew and scratch it. So it's very annoying when I'm trying to right. record. And then they sneeze also. So yeah, but they accompany me when, when they are willing to cooperate, then they'll just sit and be quiet. Have you ever used the uh, meows for recordings or? I have used <laughs> on like demos, not one that I've released yet. Okay. Actually, th- in one of my EPs, there is a purring sound. In um, is an EP called Hello Trinity. I released it in twenty twenty one, and at the end of the song, there is a purr. I think it was the very first cat that I got. Wow. Yeah. So what was she's it? featured. What's the name of the cat? Well, she has many names oh. because she doesn't <laughs> respond to any. So at this point, it's either princess. Mei Mei or Cat. Princess is like the first song on, on Nine ah, Lives, yes, isn't yes, it? Right. Yes, 
that's that's a new name I've been calling okay. her recently. So you've been quite productive. Like I mentioned, <laughs> this is your fifth year, and yes. in five years, you've you've released four EPs and one album, mm. and of course, various singles and music videos. Do you set yourself a target of dropping, you know, like one full length release every year? Or I I won't say it's like a target. It's more of okay, this year I've made this many songs. What can I do? Can I make it into like a collection of songs or should I do an album? As of now, because I would say in 2020, I had a lot more songs because I had a lot more time because of right. the pandemic. So I was mm-hmm. at home a lot more. So I had a lot of time to basically finish up stuff that I was already working on and make new stuff, which was also why the the full-length album came about because more time, so there, there were more songs. But I do try to make it an effort to try and experiment with new sounds every single year. So with that comes new songs and I, I, I just like to release bodies of work because I feel like it's the feeling is quite different from just releasing a single. So for me, the sonic journey of all the songs like as a compilation is very important also. So yeah, and it's always fun to release EPs because then I can make merch also. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the last one had t-shirts and stickers, right? Yeah, and, and I also have, I made a CD. A CD, for, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I have a very nice. fun story. So CD, um, I have it printed by a printer and like with a lyric book and everything, but the burning, like when you burn the CDs, I do it myself. Oh, but you have my a CDR? CD burner only has one, so I can only do one at a time. So I have to sit there and burn it all individually. And I don't have a CD player, so I have to go into my mummy's car <laughs> and then play in the car. So I'm like, okay, this is correct. Yeah. How many did you did you make? I don't make too many, right. so that's why I can do that. Okay. Because I can't imagine having to do like two hundred of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. We we'll probably have to buy another one. <laughs> another yeah. CDR. Yes. <laughs> So speaking of your songwriting journey, how has your songwriting evolved over the years? You know, how was the creative process for the songs in Nine Lives mm. um, different or similar compared to your previous releases? Um, I think this EP, apart from it being like, obviously I'm older now, so the stuff that I write about won't necessarily be so much about crushes or like having obsessions over certain boys and mm. certain things like that. So... I I feel like because this EP's sound is a bit more mature also and it's definitely, I won't say it's super different from stuff I've released before, but it's definitely new. It's a new soundscape that I'm exploring. So that in turn translates into a new kind of style of writing and um, melodies and song concepts. So, but it's all still pretty much, the process is still the same. I always start with my instrumentals first because I feel like for me, because I'm a producer, so the instrumentals are very important to me. Most of the time, the the lyrics are created from how the instrumental is making me feel. So if, let's say, this song feels like it's going to be a angry song because of the vibe of the music, then the lyrics will be angry, sort of, yeah. But um, it also changes. I don't have a specific workflow, but that's how I've been doing it since I started. So I've noticed the trend over the years, yeah. Okay, so you do you still do everything yourself, write, produce, record, mix, yes. master the songs? Yes. Um, because I feel like when I started, I was still very young, but I did have this inclination towards 
um, not just writing and singing, but also producing and mixing. I just feel like it's it's a whole world on itself. And I do feel like mixing is just as important as being creative with like your instruments and whatever, because the way you mix is also... It's also a creative thing. It's, it is te- more technical because, you know, certain frequencies, stuff like that. But I feel like you can also mix very creatively. And that's something I have learned over the years with mixing different styles of music and stuff like that. And this music thing was so unexpected in the first place. So I just treat it all as like a learning journey. And anything that I can learn, I just go and Google or, or go on YouTube because everything is so accessible now. Right. Yeah. And everything is done in your bedroom still? Yes. Tell so, us about that setup. You know, <laughs> what does it look like? What do you have there? Do you, is the bed rest next to it? You wake up and immediately you start recording and making music. Last time, because I moved house about how many? Five, five years ago. So when I first started, I actually was at my previous home. Hmm. And I initially the setup was... Uh, just my computer because I had the MacBook for school and on the MacBook there's GarageBand. So that's how I started. Right. Um, just going on. I don't have any music training so it was Googling like what chord is this or like different chord progressions. In and YouTube then, videos, right? Yes, mm-hmm. like oh, how do you do a side chain which right. is like the compressor thing. Yeah, so it was a lot of just trial and error and um, over time... I realized that, okay, this is something I want to continue to do. So I only got a microphone after I released my first EP. Right, because I remember you said that you used the the free earpiece that comes with the phone, right? So being like six, at that time I was still 15 in a way, like I was turning 16 that year, but I was still 15. So I didn't have the funds to go and buy a proper microphone and stuff like that. And also, this whole music thing was so new to my parents also. I didn't want to go up to them and be like, hello, mommy and daddy, please give me this amount <laughs> to go and buy this. Because I grew up as a dancer and then right. in school I was doing theatre. So this, I had no reason to be like, hello, I want to make music, yeah, you know. Yeah. But somehow it came into my life and um, I am here in the studio now because of it. So I'm very thankful for it. And yeah, it, now I do have a more proper setup. I have an interface and I recently bought a monitor. So I have a, another bigger screen um, to do stuff on. And But it's still in your bedroom. Yes. So actually it's like a sectioned off portion of my room. So I had to sacrifice whether I wanted more space to walk around in my room or I wanted a, a new space to like work on my music. But yeah, it's still like technically part of the bedroom. It's just there's a section and it's not as noisy in a way because when I record, it's very important also. But it still is quite noisy sometimes. So Shah, you were in China recently yes. and you took part in a reality television show called Youth Pipeline mm. where you worked with uh, K-pop artists from CLC and Pentagon and Vanessa Wu from Mendo Pop Stars F4. <laughs> How did you get involved in that show? Um, I am not sure how they found me. Oh, they found you? Yes. Okay. They found me and then they... So I have this Telegram group chat for like my listeners mm. where they can join. Their fans. Can, yeah, they can mm. talk to one another and stuff like that. So I think they must have found that because it was in my bio on Instagram. 
Then they actually asked in the group chat, how do they contact me? And <laughs> quite a few of them were very nice. Oh, you can email this, my, my work email right, and stuff like right. that. So they were like my PAs. Wow, <laughs> your fans yeah. became your PAs. So, so very cute, yeah. Then they ended up PMing me directly. So I thought, okay, this... If you have to PM me, means, okay, must be quite urgent. So I just gave my work email and my mom's contact because right. she helps me manage the communications and stuff. But I, I forgot to tell her that, you know, this, I, I'm not sure who this is, but they did ask for contact details. So she got a call and we were on holiday in Korea. Okay. So she got a call from China. So she was a bit confused. Why yeah. is someone from China calling me, like the China number? And then they called and then it was this this show that was yeah, trying to was yeah, get in touch right. with me. And then from there, I went to WeChat, which is which another Which is what world. they use. Yeah. 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 Having mm. to learn how to uh, use WeChat. And they didn't really, they couldn't really speak English. So oh, dear. Obviously, I, I can speak Mandarin, but at that time, it was very out of practice because at home and pretty much every day of my life is still mainly English, unless I'm ordering food at like a coffee shop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite hard because reading is not as easy as speaking right. so it was and also the just this whole thing is very new to us we're not very used to stuff like this so it was quite tricky and getting the visa and everything because like when we, when we go to China we have to, we had to have the visa and it was very almost everything was going against having me on this show so every time we completed something that would be another problem that came about right but the biggest problem was the timing that I was meant to be there was, I think, March, like the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. But I was playing. You were in a, the US, yes, right? I was playing yeah. a festival in Austin, Texas, South, South by Southwest. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the timing doesn't work. We were fine. Like, my mom and I were like, okay, we have to be realistic. If it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But they were very... um. They really wanted you on the yeah. show. So they, they told me that I could come after my performance at uh, South by Southwest but that meant I basically had to fly straight I didn't have time to come, come back home Singapore, to Singapore rest a bit and then yeah. go because I mean just to get to the US from Singapore is a very long flight so there was no direct flight from uh, Austin to Changsha which was where we were filming oh, yeah okay. we weren't filming it's not like even Beijing, Beijing or Shanghai, Shanghai yeah. wow. it was a place I've okay. never been before so we flew to Austin we were there probably what like two days max and then my set was at 9pm on the 15th and then 5am on the 16th, I had to fly back to Singapore. Oh dear, so it was after the set immediately Straight away, yes, to, the to the airport. And then um, With just, all to, your things yeah, and everything just to off. get back to Singapore took a long time. There was about... I think we had to transfer twice. We went from like Austin then to Houston, Houston to San Francisco, oh dear. San Francisco to Singapore. Then when I reached Singapore, my my two my guitars and drummer they were like, okay, bye. Then oh, they didn't, had, didn't go you guys to no 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 to China. Yeah. Okay. Then I two three hours later I got on a flight to Singapore to I think Beijing then Beijing to Changsha. Changed the flight or what? Yeah. So that was nonstop. When I reached. I also didn't have time to uh, sleep or I had to ask if I could shower. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you went straight to the studio? It wasn't even like yes, the hotel? they picked me up from, no, they picked me up from uh, the airport. They brought me to the hotel, but because I had missed out all the preparation because I was in the US, I couldn't be there. I had to do fitting, shoot, filming stuff and it was quite hectic. And I mean, just 
being in a new environment, yeah. the weather at that time was very cold. Colder than the US. Yeah, the yeah, it was raining also, so that didn't help. And then obviously the language was a struggle. So Not, everything was in Mandarin? like. Yes, mm-hmm. there were just maybe one or two people that could speak English, but also the, it wasn't amazing. So it was still easier to communicate in Chinese. Right. But mm-hmm. I was very quiet, obviously, because I couldn't <laughs> talk to anyone. Yeah. yeah, but it was... I mean, all in all, it was a very good learning experience for me, just seeing how different industries work. It was very eye-opening and I made a lot of friends. Actually, I'm, I'm a more shy person. So there's Literally. always that joke, ha ha, shy, shy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a more soft-spoken, like quiet person. So Compared to the rest of the contestants? Yeah, I yeah. think, and also maybe they are more exposed to shows like this because obviously here in Singapore, we, we don't have opportunities to do big-scale productions right. like, like what happened in China. So the closest thing to me was probably NDP. Right, but right. Mm-hmm. it being in Singapore, being my home country, everything, everyone speaking English is so much easier in that sense. So yeah. going there was, wow, very scary. But everyone was very nice, which was one of the things I was a little bit nervous about because it's a new environment. I don't know how people are like in this kind of industry, but I've I made a lot of friends. I'm still in contact with quite a few of them. So, yeah. How far did you get uh, in the show? Were you? I actually made it all the way to the finals. Wow! So okay. that was I thought by maybe second episode they mm. would, I would like go home already, <laughs> but somehow I managed to make it to the end. So that was very um very cool, but also very sad because the more the longer you are there, then the closer you get to the people. Then after that, right. it's like they are there, and then I'm here because I have seen like a few of them meet up, but then it's like oh I'm right, here in right. Singapore. But I mean, if if there are opportunities to go back, then of course, I will. And I mean, my mom and I didn't really have time to really go and explore um, and like see any like of the landscape there when I was there. So maybe another time. Yeah. Okay. Hey there. If you like what you're listening to so far, find our Music Lab podcast on Apple, Spotify, or even within our new podcast player on ST's app. Right, Shai, let's go back to, like you mentioned earlier, you started making music when you were 15. Mm. How did it all start? You know, where, uh, did you take music lessons? Oh, no, you said you, you, <laughs> you studied everything on your own, right? But were you like a pop music fan since you were young? You know, I was, was singing something that you've always wanted to do. Um, I, I feel like a lot of little girls love to sing. My mum told me that I was very noisy. Um, I like to watch High Five in the car. Right, high yeah, Five, of and course. And sing. And my brother, mm. my, my second older brother was always like, oh my gosh, please no. <laughs> and when she was having, um, she was pregnant with my youngest brother now, my second older brother was like, oh my gosh, I hope the this your, the next child doesn't turn out like shy. <laughs> <laughs> very noisy. But it was, I mean, growing up as a dancer, I... I so you took dancing lessons? Yes, or I was... I took ballet and Chinese dance and I started when I was three years old. So three years old. I took wow. it for about how long? Twelve years around there. Then I stopped because school schedule was a bit tough right. to like handle everything. Was there a lot of performance, uh, like public performances? Not not really. I mean from time to time it's like, you know, like those kind of like end of year like recital mm. stuff. But no not not really like performance based, more just for like a as a hobby and like obviously we have our tests so that we can advance in the grade and right. stuff like that yeah but yeah as for music 
I love Taylor Swift as like a little girl. Okay. But then yeah. again, I think a lot yeah. of people do. Yeah. And like I grew up on her music, but it was never like a, oh, oh my gosh, I want to be just like her. I want to sing and I want to make music. I want to perform. So what happened when you were 15? Like what, what, what suddenly <laughs> pushed you into like, you know, making your own music instead of being just a fan? Um, I think when I... During that kind of period, I had very bad skin. So, okay, skin. let me explain how this translates. So, okay. um, I was very... Because when you your skin isn't nice, but then you look around you and everyone's skin is nice. You know, when you're at that age, it, it's, it plays a lot on your insecurities and stuff right. like that. So, mm-hmm. that made me very withdrawn. So, in school, I my friend group became smaller and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I was very insecure about myself and stuff like that. So I think that indirectly made me more... Yeah, like I closed myself off and I became more quiet. So I didn't have as many friends as I did maybe when I was younger. So during the December school holidays, I think it was in 2017, instead of going out, having fun and um, living the life of a teenager... I was at home and I was uh, looking for things to do and we happened to have this very old keyboard just lying around and I just started to play on it for fun. Then you never I'll, took lessons before that? No, I just, no. I mean, just, oh, this sounds correct hmm. and then I'll Google another chord and then, okay, this sounds correct and then I'll just write very short like melodies and lyrics from there and then I, I was a little bit hesitant to post it before mm. so I made a little secret account oh, apart what? from the like uh, a YouTube account? no like on Instagram on Instagram so okay. I had my own you know Instagram and mm. then I had this separate the artist Instagram <laughs> yes yeah. yeah like just for fun to upload these very short songs and stuff then I also uploaded it on SoundCloud because right, at that right. time it was um, SoundCloud is more accessible than like if you were to release it on Spotify yeah then slowly I then I transitioned into uh, going to GarageBand mm, and then okay. just working on stuff from there. And then putting out my first single, One Fine Day on Spotify, was more of a bucket list kind of thing because it was like, oh, okay, ooh, I have a song on Spotify. And you did everything on your own, yes, right? Yeah. It's been a journey, but yeah, I, I, everything has been very organic and it was just sort of by chance. Like, everything that has happened, I think. You've never, like, signed to a record label to have people, like... No. Everything is independent all the way. I did sign to a distributor, Mm. but in terms of being signed on, like, 360 to a label, um, I've had had... um, uh, Offers? Offers, Mm -hmm. but I feel like um, because of how independent I've, I've been over the years and... I mean, when you are independent, you have a lot of control and stuff like that. Not to say that, you know, when you sign on, you won't have the same amount of uh, freedom and creative right and stuff like that. But I think I've I've just gotten used to the way I do things and what I do mm. now works for me. So until maybe an offer comes in that really aligns with um, my, my views on music and stuff mm. like that, then I think there's no rush at the moment. So yeah, um, because anything can happen at any moment i mean what i've learned in the past over the past 3 years or so is that you know whatever you plan can just yeah be unplanned right, so right, yeah right and after you put out your debut everything happened very quickly right you joined vans <laughs> the vans musicians wanted competition and you won yes and you were the youngest winner yeah. uh, ever for that for that contest yes. looking back at that time what was that like did everything happened very quickly did you had a chance to like take stock 
I mean, even this Vans Musicians Wanted thing, it was just, it was, it, I think it was on my mum's Facebook as an ad. Oh, she just happened to scroll okay. and then she saw right, it. Right. Then she just asked like if I want to enter. Then I was like, oh sure. So I entered that one song, but um, when I got the email that, you know, I was selected for the showcase, the showcase was 30 minutes. So I was like, oh no, I only have this one song. <laughs> so, so what did you do? So within, that was about three, four weeks. I had to make sure that I had, I wanted to make sure that I had a full set for the show. So that was how my debut EP, the very right. first EP came so about. So you very quickly wrote new songs like to fill up the 30 yeah. minutes. Set. And also just finish stuff that I You've been already, working on. Yeah. Okay. So in a way it was like a good kind of good pressure. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if, if I didn't get selected, maybe I would have taken a bit longer to release that EP. Okay. So it was just something for me to work towards and have an end goal. Yeah. And after you won, they got you a gig in China as well, right? Yeah, so one of the things was uh, you would perform at the house events in Guangzhou in China. Yeah, that was very scary, obviously, because the event show was my first performance. Public performance yeah. as a musician. Yes, yeah. but that also had quite, you know, like a few friends here and there. Whereas in China was completely new. Like I had only, it was just me and my mom. And, and at you're, the time, you're on stage alone, yes, no musicians yeah. with you. Yeah, so mm. I was still very new to everything. And I honestly didn't really know what I was doing most of the time. But I just took whatever opportunities that I had as a, an opportunity to grow and to learn. Were you in school at that time? And yes. how, did you, how did you juggle, you know, like music in school? Um, Second, you were in secondary school, yes, right? Yes, I was. Mm. It, it wasn't so much juggling in time. It was juggling in the, uh, what my friends find out? Yes. Yeah. Because that was what I, I was going to ask you. What, what your peers thought about you, you know, after you started releasing music and playing shows? There, there were a few people who, who like congratulated me and stuff like that. But I, I mean, because I didn't have too many close friends, it didn't really become a huge thing in school. But after I chose to leave. Um, I, I was in Sota. So by right, it's six oh. years. It's a six years thing. But I left in, you can opt to leave in uh, year four. So you would be technically sec four in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I left then. And um, I did have a few friends ask me, like, are you sure? Like, you're leaving to go to La Salle to do audio production. Okay. So in Sota, so, you, was, you were doing dance? Theatre. Theatre, okay. So completely different. Right, right. Uh, whatever. And yeah, I had a few friends who were like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, it's, I mean, with music, it's not so set in stone. It's not so easy. And then yeah. it being so new and so sudden, like, are you sure? Which are valid concerns, you know. Right, for a 15-year-old. Yes. A 16-year-old. So 15, 16, yeah. yeah. So I think even for my parents, it must have been quite, scary like yeah, to have your child suddenly not do what they were supposed to do and then think of something else I'm very lucky to have very supportive uh, parents I mean my mom is very involved in my career because she helps me with more so on the more like communication side of things because having to make the music but then also worry about emails and stuff like right. that is, is a lot. So she just helps me on She's that your end. manager slash PA slash <laughs> yes. everything. Okay. <laughs> Drives you around as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So in 2020, you decided that you want to put yes. out an album. Yeah. And at the same time, you were in LaSalle, what, the first year, the second year? LaSalle starts in August. So I think I started in 2019, August. So by then 
it will be my second year. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the following year, in 2021, the whole of Singapore basically got to know who Shy was <laughs> when you became one of the singers for The Road yes. Ahead, the NDP theme song. Uh, what was that whole experience like for you? Um. Okay, so I was introduced to the, I guess, the the committee by Charlie, Charlie Lim. Yeah, so he, he introduced me, he said, oh, this could be someone maybe you, you guys might want to uh, check out. And then uh, they contacted me and I initially thought it was just, okay, I got onto the studio just to try and see. Because I heard the demo, I loved it. Um, produced by Lin Ying and uh, Evan. I loved it. I thought it was very, very different from the previous, previous few years. Theme songs, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I loved it. I went down. I was like, okay, we just try. And then it turned out to be the actual recording. Oh, so I was like, oh, wow. okay. So, but when the song came out and the music video came out, that was when I was like, oh, like the realization hit. This is for NDP. Yeah. And this is a theme song like Home or like Reach Out for the Skies. This is going to be a song that like the primary school students learn yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So then from there, I I would say a lot of, pri- yeah, a lot of primary school students got to know me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I feel like now I've become like a big tete to a lot of little girls and little boys. So that also makes me very happy because... I do, it was a little bit scary because now you have this added sort of responsibility because you are someone that people look up to. So you have to remember that you are a role model, whether you like it or not. Okay, so obviously outside of Singapore, besides China, you've mentioned US. I think you've done shows in Taiwan Taiwan. and Malaysia as well. Do you have plans to expand your audience um, outside of Singapore? Um, Hopefully, one of my main goals now is to do more shows overseas. Um, specifically more regionally now, so like places like Indonesia, Philippines. I'm because I love to play live, so that was another thing that the pandemic made a bit hard. Because um, before it happened in 2019, I was playing quite a number of shows, so I was getting used to to uh, performing. And um, so when when that happened, and then we had to restart. Basically, I think for everyone, we all had to start from zero again. But for now, that is my main. like to play more festivals more shows because I mean just playing in Singapore is really really fun but I think being able to play like even in Malaysia next door Mm. or in in other parts of Asia is just as cool okay and you have like you mentioned a telegram group with all your fans how how big is this telegram group is it open Uh, to anyone yes anyone can join Mm. I, I started it because I do feel like that relationship between the artists and the fans, especially for me being an independent artist, I have to make an effort to stay connected with uh, people who listen to me. and to, Because it's always nice to uh, let people know that you are thankful for them and that you are, you are interested in uh, having a relationship with them. So I also try to organize very small meetups every ah. now and then. I actually just did a like, music video premiere because oh, the music the, video for Need, for Need just came out. Yes, last night. Okay. Yeah, last night. Yeah, Sunday. So you had a night, yeah. gathering, like I had a launch like a for mini, fans? Like pre-MV premiere, that kind of thing. And um, then they asked me some questions and I replied. Just just like a little meetup. Uh, nothing like too fancy, but... A physical meetup? Yes. Not yes, online? Yeah. Okay, that's nice. I, I did mm. do a, an online one when I had to do it online. But uh, meeting up in person is always, you know, nicer. Yeah. Right. Outside of the music, I noticed that, you know, a lot of your publicity photos are done by yourself as well. Yes. So, 
Is that a, a control thing again? Oh. Or why not with other photographers or stylists? I think it's because, I'm going to be honest, I always forget that I need to make, <laughs> I need to take new publicity photos with every release. Right, right. I'm going to be honest, it's always like, oh yeah, oh. Yeah, I haven't do that yet because so I you think, quickly set up the camera. Yeah, just, just okay, take one, then uh, <laughs> hope that works. Yeah, but that's something I need to plan better. But I think because when like being so busy on the music side of things, this is something that I do forget. Right. So yeah, but being honest, it's because I forget. All right, and you've done quite a few fashion spreads. I noticed you've yes. been on the cover of magazines like Female, Nylon, Men's Folio, Her World, and you're working with like major brands like Chanel, Dior, <laughs> Gucci, Prada. How much of your time now is spent on music versus, you know, like modeling or doing all this, like fashion spreads? I, I would still say majority of my time is music. And the main reasons why I leave the house is to go for events and stuff like that. Oh, because, right. okay. um, like I said before, I'm not very good in social in, um, situations. So my social battery runs out very fast. So going for events is always a little bit nerve-wracking because you you know having to meet people and talk to new people that's that's a bit scary but over time I've gotten a bit better because you, know, you can't be scared of everyone forever okay so now <laughs> now I'm a little bit better but yeah still majority of the time is music based because I still even though I've done all of this uh more I guess fashion related yeah. stuff yeah I am still a music producer first. So that is that is a very big part of like how I want to brand myself is I'm not a model. I'm a, I'm a music producer so first. So these things just happened to... Because of my music, right, I've okay. been given these opportunities. Yeah. Okay. All right. So right now, are you still in school? Besides music and modeling, what, what, what else do you do? Um, so now I am doing music full time, mm -hmm. uh, which is something I never thought I would say. Right, right. But, um, how long has it been since, since you've been doing it full time? Maybe two one two years so yeah it's it's, so it's been, after LaSalle yes then you know just now just doing music full time and what else am I doing now I'm very invested in my cats <laughs> okay um, I do one of my dreams is to open a cat cafe oh wow yeah, the shy so, cat cafe yes I think that music be and performances fun. and yes, cats I, I want to do like a my mom and I have been talking about this. We want okay. to find a space right. where we can hold, you know, music gigs or like listening parties, stuff like that. But then it also, during the day, it can be a cat Cats. cafe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, that that's a dream of mine at the moment. But yeah, other than that, I I watch a lot of nonsense on YouTube. <laughs> like the, the normal things. Uh, like, And then I sometimes... I. I I used to go out um, and cycle and then put my cat in my bag and cycle with her. Oh, but now I have two more cute. cats, so I have to decide who I want to bring uh, up now. Right. Yeah. Okay, Shai, last question for you. This is something <laughs> that we ask all our interviewees. Okay. Look into the crystal ball. You know, what's <laughs> in the future for you? Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years? Hopefully, I'm still doing music. That's the, the very first thing. Um, hopefully I've played more shows regionally, stuff like that. And um, very hard to say, I guess, also because five years ago, if you had asked me that, I would say, oh, I'm probably in school mm, and I'm like right, just right. not doing music. At 21, music. still in school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, But here you are, making <laughs> music full time. Yes, yeah. yeah. And maybe I've done collaborations with like regional or international artists and... Something now that I'm trying to work on is I did launch this initiative called Hear Me Up. So mm, it's that? basically like 
last year when I was, I held a solo headline headlining show, so just me. But I wanted to have an opening act that is new, new to the scene. Because I know what it's like to not know anyone when you first start and not have the connections and just not have the opportunities because you don't have the connections. Yeah. So I wanted to give a band or a soloist the chance to just really send me your music. Um. And if it, you know, it when I pick an opening act, it also has to be a kind of genre that aligns with your my music, music at mm. that time. Mm. Um, hopefully this platform can be another way in for them. And um, I am very genuine with what I'm trying to do okay. so they don't need to worry about me trying to like scam them or anything <laughs> but yeah okay. and so that that's something I'm working on now and hopefully in 5 or 10 years time we will have a more I mean the music scene now here in Singapore is already very vibrant so it is. Yeah. hopefully it's more in terms of uh, the listenership and uh, um, the support that we get from local Singaporeans as well for the local music here in Singapore yeah all right, Shai, thank you so much. It's been lovely <laughs> to have you. you on the show. Thank you for and having me. I wish you all the best with your career. Thank you. That was your host, Adino Abdul Hadi. We hope you enjoyed listening to Music Lab, a podcast series by The Straits Times. To listen to Shai's full live performance of Need, a song from her latest EP Nine Lives in our podcast studio, or to read Adino's columns on the music scene in Singapore and elsewhere, there are links in our podcast show notes. Once again, make sure you follow our Music Lab podcast on Apple, Spotify, or even within our new podcast player on SD's app. Get notified when we drop the latest episodes. Thanks for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.